Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If she signed the form, she broke the law. Game over. Two years of higher education should be as free and universal as high school is today. It's one thing for a politician to be stupid. It's quite another for a politician to believe that we're stupid. He actually went behind the counter, choked the cashier, and punched him once with a closed fist. It amounts to nothing but a bunch of people flapping their jaws about nothing. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 904 News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women. Known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. And as I love to say, often indicted, never convicted. That's my motto here on the Michael Graham Show. Yesterday, crazy, gorgeous, beautiful day. It was magnificent. Took the dog up to the uh, Newtown Dog Park there in Johns Creek and hung out and had a great time. And my lovely bride and I out on the deck. I was doing my taxes, which is no fun. But sitting out in the sun, at least, doing them. So that makes it more fun. Just... Just absolutely gorgeous, and the gorgeousity is going to continue. And I hate to say this, but for those of you who find me annoying, the better mood I am in, the more annoying I get. So I may max out your annoyance. And I gotta—I need to turn to you, the people, the peeps, the the home slice. Am I doing that right, Brandon? Home no. slice? No. No. Nope. Chill off, house buddy. Nope. No. Darn it. Anyway. Are you watching this uh, HBO Durst thing, The Jinx? Have you been watching that, uh, Brandon, my executive producer and teller of tall tales? No, I can't watch HBO. Wrong microphone. That, that's, <laughs> anyway. I can't so, watch HBO before 11 o'clock. Ah, I see. You're a Skinamax man? Yeah. Okay. I just, I, I'm just curious uh, to know, for those of you who've been watching this show, how, it, I mean, it is the story that this millionaire has been getting away with murder since the 80s and has now been caught. And I, I knew nothing about this show. I'm my, my wife handles the watch the people who kill people on TV. She watches all the wives with knives and snapped, snapped chicks with sticks, you know, boxes of hocks. I just anyone who wants to know how much what kind of acid you need to melt a body and what kind of plastic drum is designed not to melt in that acid. My wife has all the notes. So I, but even she hasn't been watching this uh, Durst story. And so if you have, here's my phone number, 844-404-1067. Now that the guy has been charged, should I go back and watch it? In other words, was it compelling enough now that you know the story? Or is it the big finish? Holy crap. And were you surprised by the outcome? And the outcome was Durst was this uh, geezer millionaire, was in New Orleans in a hotel 
under assumed an assumed name with fake documents and cash. Prosecutors believe he was planning on fleeing to Cuba. And then, of course, you heard that audio of him at the very end of the uh, the show open where he was in front of a, a mic and didn't apparently didn't realize he was in front of a mic talking about the allegations against him. I'm having difficulty with the question. Killed them all, of course. 844-404-1067. The defense attorneys are laughing at this thing. Oh, this is ridiculous. It's just a guy sitting, speculating, thinking, speaking out loud. If you've watched the show, I want to know, did I miss it? In other words, I should have been watching it from the beginning, and now that the guy's been outed, don't get in. Or is it like House of Cards, where even if you know what happens, it's such a great ride that you still enjoy every step of the way? And what do you take away from this case? I tell you what, I know a lot of you are like me. You, you Just this morning, you're kind of discovering this case. And uh, so what we did is uh, we grabbed a, a kind of a backstory report done by ABC News. For years, police investigated Robert Durst and the murder of his longtime friend. But now in the HBO documentary about him, The Jinx, Durst may have jinxed himself with what appears to be a confession. Overnight, a dramatic moment captured when Robert Durst, long suspected in three murders, apparently thought the cameras weren't rolling. The shocking finale of HBO's documentary series, The Jinx, airing in the midst of a bombshell off-camera too. The eccentric New York real estate heir arrested for the 2000 shooting death of his friend, Susan Berman. I much expected this was coming. ABC News learning that the 71-year-old was apprehended on Saturday. The FBI thinks he may have been trying to flee to Cuba. This morning, the LAPD, which issued the warrant, is crediting additional evidence that has come to light in the past year. And no doubt, the jinx provided some of those incriminating clues. Durst sat down for hours of interviews for the documentary, adamantly denying he killed anyone. It was two years after the taping that the director realized Durst had made the off-camera comments, killed them all. Wow. Now, here's what I take away from what I know about the Durst story. And you tell me at 844-404-1067 if I'm missing it. Here's what I take away. In 2003, Durst was acquitted of murder uh, in the death of his 71-year-old Texas neighbor, Morris Black. Durst admitting shooting him. Durst admitted dismembering his body. And Durst admitted dumping the remains in Galveston Bay. And he walked. You know why he walked? Because his father was a super smart, hardworking businessman and made so much money that even his dirtbag loser of a son who has had nothing to do with the family business for a quarter of a century is a multi-gazillionaire. And when you are a multi-gazillionaire in America, you can walk. That's what this case is about. And that's why and I think that's why he was so arrogant as to do these hours and hours of interviews. I think when you spend your whole life getting away with it. You think, what's the big deal? This is why, whether it's the super powerful in government or the super rich around us, you and I as normal people, well, you're the normal people, I'm just your friend, have got to stick together because they are getting special deals and special treatment that you and I would never get. That's what I take away from having read the news coverage, but I didn't watch the HBO series. Now they've had this big out, am I too late? Let's ask Jason on News Radio 1067. Good morning, Jason. How are you? Fine. So have I already missed out? 
Is it too, out, I'm sorry. Is it too late to get in on the uh, Jinx deal? Absolutely not. It, the The real interesting part of the show was to watch the family's reaction, and ultimately his family. And his family was aware, in my opinion, uh, that ultimately he was a maniac mm-hmm. uh, from the beginning, specifically his brother Douglas, who inherited the, the empire, uh, the real estate empire. And you watch uh, Douglas's reactions, and you keep saying, why does Douglas have bodyguards, and why is Douglas you know, so distant right. from this, this uh, relationship with his brother? And it was clearly because he knew his brother was a murderer and a maniac. Um, and the length that the brother goes to insulate the family from the brother uh, is it's really amazing. So it's still really worth watching. Show. It's still worth watching even Absolutely. after this. Absolutely. Uh, did they have anything Absolutely. in the in the jinxed uh, the HBO show about him urinating on candy at a CBS store? Yeah, yeah. They have him. Uh, you know, ultimately he was arrested at one point in Pennsylvania for stealing. I think it was a three or four dollar sandwich. Um, what's really interesting is that with the man in Galveston that he ultimately. Uh, murdered and dismembered mm-hmm. uh he rented that apartment uh, it was kind of like a flop house style apartment mm-hmm. uh under the guise that he was a deaf mute woman uh so he maintained <laughs> uh he maintained uh the appearance of a woman he shaved his head and eyebrows and wore a wig and acted as a mute and then became friendly with the man that he ultimately killed Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought you meant the guy he killed was protect. You're saying that Durst no, pretended Durst to be a deaf himself. mute woman. Yes, Durst himself dressed as a deaf okay. mute woman. I, I got to let you go, but one last question: Is there any way sure, you get away with this in America if you are not filthy rich? Is there any way? Uh, you know, you know how he ultimately got away with it. How? There was money involved. I mean, I think he paid roughly 1.5 million in legal fees. Mm-hmm. Uh, was his brother's silence? Du- the brother Douglas is ultimately as culpable as he is. I can't. Well, you know what? You have hooked me. I'm, I, I think I'm going to go back and watch this from the beginning. Should I? 844-404-1067. And if you've been watching this uh, HBO series, I'd love to get your reaction and your reaction to the news. Also, do you agree with me that this is what this is the America we live in? We don't like to admit it. But if you got enough money or got enough celebrity like OJ or whatever, you can get away literally with murder. Speaking of getting away with murder, I have an astonishing story to tell you about he killed his own four-year-old son, tried to kill his other two sons. He just got acquitted. Not guilty. Why? Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Find you. Good morning. It is 919. Coming up the latest on the Ferguson shooting. Also uh, yes, the self-rising gas tax has made its way to the state Senate. And not only are they talking about an automatic gas tax that goes up year after year after year after year, but they're also talking about cigarette tax hikes, too, So all to pay for roads, which I just love that. Cigarettes to pay for, why, because smokers use more road? I, I, I don't know. So that's coming up here on the Michael Graham Show. You don't want to miss it. Right now we're talking about the uh, HBO documentary that is front page news because the subject of the documentary has now been char- is arrested and is going to be charged with that murder. Do you think he got away with murder? 844-404-1067. Do you agree that his financial situation is what made it possible for him to hack someone to death in the past and disappear a wife more recently? and uh, get away with it, because that's a concern to me. Speaking of crimes, 
Uh, there is an astonishing story out of North Carolina. I posted about it on my Facebook page, which is Facebook.com Michael Graham Show. And the, I, the response, people, it just exploded. And as you th- listen to this report from North Carolina, this is just from uh, the end of last week. Think three words. Justin Ross Harris. Joseph Mitchell walking out of the Durham County Jail this evening, a free man after four years behind bars. A jury found him not guilty of first-degree murder and attempted murder in the sleepwalking trial. We, the 12 members of the jury, unanimously find the defendant to be not guilty of first-degree murder. Joseph Mitchell tried to contain his tears, a nine-woman, three-man jury finding him not guilty of strangling his four-year-old son, Blake, and not guilty of attempting to murder his two older kids. His relief, agony from his ex-wife who wailed and hyperventilated. During the three-week trial, Mitchell's lawyers said he was sleepwalking in 2010 when he attacked his children. The defense claiming home foreclosure, unemployment, and sleep deprivation triggered a rare violent sleepwalking event. However, a forensic psychologist told jurors Mitchell is a narcissist. First degree or second degree murder or not guilty were possible outcomes when the jury got the case. But soon into deliberating, they asked the judge if they could consider manslaughter. That never became an option. And that last part that this guy who killed his own child, four-year-old son, and then tried to kill his 10-year-old and 13-year-old, The reason why that last part is significant is because what the jury wanted was they wanted to put this guy in jail for killing his kids without having to say that the prosecutors proved the motive, the that he intended, he intend, I should say the intent that he intended to do it. That's what they wanted. And the court said, no, you can't say he was asleep and he killed his kid and he intended to kill his kid. That's not possible. If he was asleep, he was asleep. And you can't say he was awake and did it and didn't intend to kill them. You you have to commit. Either you believe the guy's story that due to the economic crisis that his family was going through, that he was suffering under, quote, non-REM parasomnia, a sleep disorder who suffers can perform random acts unconsciously, or you believe that that story is bogus, in which case he chose to kill his four-year-old. And the jury wanted it both ways. They wanted to say, we want to hold him responsible, but the prosecution didn't prove that he meant to do it. My first question is your reaction to the story of a guy who killed his own kid and got away with it because he was, quote, sleepwalking, 844-404-1067. My lovely bride, Buttercup, talks some in her sleep, which is kind of Cute, at least I thought it was until she kept saying all the, these names of men other than my own. But still, she's in there having whatever she's doing, and I think it's so cute. And I've known some people who sleepwalk a little bit, like they get out of bed to go to the kitchen kind of thing. But I've never, ever heard of non-REM parasomnia like this before. Well, actually, I take that back. The one other incident that I knew about at 844-404-1067, uh, <laughs> I, I swear this is true. Guy gets it, gets out of bed, gets in his car, drives 10 miles to his mother-in-law's house, gets out of the car, opens a trunk, takes out the tire iron, climbs in her window, beats her to death, gets back in the car, drives home, gets in bed. He claims he was sleeping the entire time. The jury found him not 
guilty. 20 miles each way. I mean, 20 miles round trip, and he's not guilty. You know my theory on that one? The entire jury must have been married men. That's the only way I can think of to make that work. But here is the story. Once again, this just happened at the end of last week in North Carolina, right next door. The pro- the jury said, look, the prosecution couldn't prove he meant to do it. Now think about the Justin Ross Harris hot car case at 844-404-1067. The, uh, uh, the, the dad says... He got in his car, was driving, forgot his kid was there, went to work, went upstairs. By the time he realized the kid was there, the kid was dead. Some people think that story is completely and utterly bogus and he must have totally made it up. Other people point out that this has happened hundreds of times before that people do forget their kids and there have been deaths and there have been acquittals in those deaths. So that's those are two. But notice what those two stories do. Those two stories completely diverge. Either you believe that Justin Ross Harris is a psychopath who pretended to love his family for years and then one day got up, killed his son for no discernible motive, or you believe that he's uh, some way that's almost impossible to understand, got in his car, drove, forgot the kid was there. You can't have it both ways. And this is why, why I'm fascinated to see how the, this Cobb County hot car death go, goes forward. Because the Cobb County prosecutors want it both ways. They want what the jury wanted. They want to say, we're charging him with killing his kid in a way that is horrifically awful. Your intent has to be almost animalistic. You have to be like a, a you know a Hannibal Lecter. But we also want the jury to be able to find him guilty, even if they don't think he meant to do it. Well, there's no... There is no, it's like the sleeping dad case. He wasn't half asleep and half of him to do it and half of him didn't. Either he was asleep and he's innocent or he was awake and he's a dirtbag murderer. Same thing with Justin Ross Harris. Either he meant to kill his kid, in which case he's a psychopath, or he didn't, in which case he's totally innocent. Those are the only two options. And this case in North Carolina is a reminder to me at 844-404-1067 why I think that Justin Ross Harris is either going to plea down or walk. And if I were his lawyers, I would tell him, shut up. You're going to walk. 844-404-1067. Jacob, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Hey, I think he's 100% guilty. Okay. Because, um, but, but, I, um, I think they could have used, they could have used the case and said that because of his sleep job, sleep deprivation, mm-hmm. you could say that, you know, that he was aware that he could have been agitated, not sleepwalking. He was agitated because he had no sleep because of the financial situation, and that's why he's guilty. But they didn't find him that. They found him guilty because the defense argued that he's resulted in non-REM parasomnia, a sleep disorder. In other words, he was sleepwalking. So the jury said he was sleepwalking, or I'll put it this way. The jury said the prosecutors didn't prove that he wasn't sleepwalking. How, how about that? Okay, all right. Okay, that makes more sense. But um, Let so, me ask you something. So, so you don't think it's possible for somebody to sleepwalk? and do something like kill somebody or drive their car or something like that in their sleep? You can't drive your car in your sleep. You I mean, can't? I, I don't think you can drive. Like, that's, that's not possible. Jacob, have you ever taken Ambien? No, no, I've never taken Ambien. Sometime when you're ready for a little party and you have friends <laughs> who can watch your cars, take a, take a Kennedy cocktail, as uh, Patrick Kennedy calls it. A Kennedy cocktail 
a fifth of scotch, and a fistful of Ambien. And remember, uh, Patrick Kennedy Jr. almost ran over police officers in downtown D.C. And his defense was he was high on Ambien. He was asleep. He didn't know what he was doing. He got away with it. Is it because of the Ambien or is it because of the cash that caused him to get away with it? So how about it? You just heard from Jacob. How about you? 844-404-1067. Your reaction to a dad just found not guilty of murder because he was asleep at the time. And how do you think this relates to the Justin Ross Harris case here in Atlanta? You tell me. I'm Michael Graham. I'm having Good morning, it's 936. Ah, yeah, Michael Graham. Coming up later in the show, did Hillary Clinton break the law? We've got a DOJ attorney who just lays it out. It's called The Natural Truth. Right now we're talking about getting away with murder. Case number one, you just heard Robert Dunst, a 70-year-old, 71-year-old dirtbag caught in New Orleans with a fake ID, a sack of cash. I think he was fleeing to Cuba. Uh, thanks to an HBO show, it looks like he might, may finally face justice after years of using his millions to get away with it, including chopping a guy to bits and throwing his body in Galveston Bay. If you've seen the show, Jinxed, my phone number is 844-404-1067. My question to you is, do you think he got away with murder? And now that the the guy's been charged, is it still worth watching the show? Should I go back, my my lovely bride Buttercup and I, go back to the beginning and watch the show? I'd love to get your, uh, as a, if you've been watching, I'd like to know what you think at 844-404-1067. The other getting away with murder story, uh, the mother, the ex-wife, of North Carolina father Joseph Mitchell was so horrified by the not guilty verdict that she began hyperventilating and had to be taken out of the courtroom on a stretcher. Joseph Mitchell was found not guilty of first-degree murder and two counts of attempted first-degree murder. He uh, killed his own four-year-old son and attacked the two other sons, uh, older brothers. His defense, I was so stressed out by finances and being foreclosed on the house that I suffered from non-REM sofa, some what anyway, he was sleepwalking. He claimed he was sleepwalking. The uh, jury found him not guilty because they said the prosecutors couldn't prove intent. They couldn't prove that he wasn't sleepwalking. The defense lawyer, you know, the defense had a bunch of experts. This is why he was sleepwalking, blah, 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 blah. And the uh, jury was upset They acknowledged afterwards they wanted to find him guilty of something. But the judge told them, no, you can't have it both ways. You can't say he was sleepwalking, but he was still responsible. He was either sleepwalking, in which case he's innocent, or he wasn't, in which case he's guilty. And so your reaction to that at 844-404-1067. And do you see why this parallels the Justin Ross Harris case? Because... The uh, the defense is going to absolutely have experts on who are going to testify about previous cases of people who have forgotten their kids and their kids have died, you know, in an overheated car or whatever. And the cases where these parents have been found not guilty. The uh, defense is going to have experts, uh, uh, psychologists and academics who have studied this pattern, who say that this is, you know, it's it's. Uh, started happening with the advent of cell phones 
that more and more people, when they're in their cars, they're on cell phones and they or they've got devices, you know, internet access, blah blah blah. And so there, you've got a million more distractions. You also have car seats that put kids in the back seat. And so you add up this new technology, rear-facing back seat car seats, more distractions, et cetera. We've seen a, a rise in the number of kids who've died in cars because their parents forgot them. What do you? What is the jury going to do when they have the defense giving incontrovertible evidence that this has happened and the prosecution can't show anything that Justin Ross Harris did that's contrary to he forgot his kid. And so that's why I'm telling you, those of you who think that this is an open and shut case on Harris, not only is it not open and shut, my prediction is as of right now, based on what's been released and based on the way that Cobb County has mishandled the case so far, uh, I think he's going to walk. That's that's my prediction. 844-404-1067. Jasmine, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. So what do you so, think of I, this uh, dad who killed his kid and just got found not guilty? I, I Like I was saying, I, I just feel absurd. My sister used to be a sleepwalker. Mm-hmm. Um, she would, of course, she would be disoriented more than anything. So in the middle of the night, she may try to get up and use the bathroom somewhere that's not the bathroom or she may <laughs> use the closet door to try to get out of the house. But, you know, something like a, a, a loud sound or, you know, a good firm mm-hmm. shaking would awake her. So I'm saying if you drove 20 miles, you never ran a red light, nobody ever honked a hornet, you mm-hmm. never hit a light pole. It just seems very, very far-fetched. 20 miles, you know, like I said, I can give you walking across the house, but 20 miles, that's that's way far. In okay, well, what about this What about this dad who got up out of his bed, went into his kid's room, and killed his four-year-old son? Could he do that in his sleep? Because that's what the jury found. I... You know, I just, I don't feel like you can get that far into it without waking yourself up. Like I said, some stuff, sleepwalking, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, you can do some things you wouldn't normally do. But to get, to fully go all the way through with the murder, I just, that's, like I said, that's a little excessive to me. I just don't see that that, that happening. I, I don't, I don't see it. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, so J- Jasmine is a vote no, and yet a jury in North Carolina just acquitted him. They found him not guilty of first-degree murder. Uh, And they did ask, please give us another possible verdict. Please let us. uh, Can we can can we find him guilty of manslaughter? But the judge did not allow that. The prosecution said that he was a man obsessed with control, lied to anyone who would listen to him. A juror said after the uh, case was over, we didn't believe a word that came out of this guy's mouth. But the defense offered a legitimate defense. And the prosecution couldn't show a hole in that defense because, see, this is the problem with the hot car case. How do you prove the guy didn't forget? How do you prove it? What do you do differently if you forget a kid versus not forgetting it? See what I'm saying? You know, it's not like I left the kid out, you know, (laughs) in the middle of the road with his car seat tied down in front of a Mack truck. I mean, what? If you forgot the kid, if you didn't forget the kid, you behave the same way. And that's a, a burden that I think is going to be difficult for the prosecution to overcome. Uh, 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Hey! Uh-huh. Hey! It's 47. Michael Graham, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. 844-404-1067. Your chance to win free lunch from Marlowe's Tavern and Lunchline coming up two hours from right 
now. So stay tuned. We're talking about the story out of North Carolina that echoes the uh, hot car death case. Dad kills his four-year-old son with his bare hands, claims afterwards he was asleep the whole time, had no idea what was going on. Jury finds him not guilty. Steve is on News Radio 1067. Good morning, Steve. Take it away. Hey, what's up, Michael? Yeah, I don't put anything past anything sleepwalking-related anymore because a few years ago I developed a sleep disorder. Well, you can call it disorder. It's called arousal parasomnia, which is you, I have sex in my sleep. Really? Yeah, and I wake up, and I don't even know it. How, how did how did your roommate thing. how did your roommate feel about it? Did he like it or not? <laughs> well, my wife. I mean, ah, she, your wife. She, okay. she seems to like it. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, she'll Does... tell me no a lot. Um, sometimes she lets me get it, but a lot of times she'll tell me no. And it you know, I want to mock. I want to mock you, Steve. But I actually read not long ago, a whole article on this that it's not. Yeah, that I read up on it too. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, it's a real it's deal. Really weird. It's it's kind of scary because. She says I get very aggressive, mm-hmm. and it takes you know several attempts it, uh, for to me wake to you stop. up. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. no, I never even wake up. I what? eventually just yeah, I never wake up. She just uh, pushes me off or something or some. Like I said, sometimes she lets me get it, but right. I have no no remembrance of it in the morning. So I don't I don't put anything past anything sleepwalking. Wow. I think you can do almost anything in your sleep if you have some kind of disorder. So. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, any evidence that your wife has been asleep while you've been doing yeah. things? Yeah, she has, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't, so, I'm not that good. When did your, did, did a doctor actually diagnose this for you? I mean, did your wife say, I mean, yeah. how did it all come out? Yeah, so, it was, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, it started happening just out of the blue. I, and I think it happens because sometimes when, you know, you try and get frisky in the night and then you right. shut down and then we get, end up going to bed. Subconsciously, I... I'm still in that mindset, sure. apparently, and I just try to get it in the middle of the night. So I went to a doctor and or a sleep specialist, and they uh, gave me a lot of material on it. And uh, it's not so. What's the common, so? so what's the solution? I mean, what's the solution? I mean, is it that uh, to uh, as as they say in the, around the laundromat, it was a small load, so I did it by hand. I mean, is that <laughs> what you're supposed to do, Steve? Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, there's not, there's not really there's not really a cure. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just you know she. You know, and I'm not super aggressive where I'll try and rape or anything. Right. She just sometimes it just takes her a little, little more effort to tell me no. Sure, but uh, and I'll just roll over and go back to sleep. Well, but. all I gotta say is, man, you've got the perfect out because who knows <laughs> know. if you're asleep or not, honey. I'm sorry, I was asleep. I'm so, I don't know why you have these handcuffs. Where did the whipped cream come from? I don't know. I, I don't. I was asleep, baby, the whole time. I'm wondering if my wife will let me get away with that. Eight four 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 zero four. 1067. Todd, you are on the air with Michael Graham. Take it away. Michael, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks. Go ahead. Hey, uh, the shows you were talking about earlier, like Snapped and uh, Obsessed and Wise right. with Knives, all that. Okay, yeah. They call that murder porn. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my I, wife well, is hooked, by the way. Well, all women are, man. I don't know what's going on with that, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm serious. I, I have not met one yet that cannot watch the ID channel or whatever yes! it is. And uh, that's all they want to watch. Yep. And I, I don't know, but uh, and it, it, it's like porn for them. You know, it's just they can't take their eyes off. Well, of I don't it, mind that she's watching stories of women who successfully kill their husbands. What I mind is that she takes notes while she's watching. That's the part that kind of disturbs me. But, Todd, what is your reaction to the jury that's found a guy not guilty who admits he killed his own four-year-old son with his bare hands but says he was asleep when he did it? Okay, so, Michael, I, I listened to the last guy that was just on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a sleeping expert, okay? Right. But 
I, I would, you would think that perhaps there would be a history of the sleepwalking then. Like, does he go to the strip club in the middle of the night and spend all his money in the bank account? <laughs> you know, is there other history of this at all? Or does just, you know, I just have a hard time believing that that someone could have do that. I mean, kill their ch- their child and not have a history of going down to the quickie mart and, uh, you know, loading up on jump food and coming back to the house and or who knows what. You know, it should right. be a whole bunch of plethora of things that they've done. But uh, it just sounds, it, it just doesn't seem reasonable to me, really. And I, like so I why, said, do you think, why do you think a jury would then acquit, particularly one that was upset afterwards? You know, the jurors spoke out and they were said, but this is terrible. We wanted to, we didn't believe a word this guy said. We wanted the judge to let us find him guilty of manslaughter. They wouldn't let us do it. They said, no, you, you either believe he did it on purpose or he didn't, period. Why? You know, in other words... Todd, this clearly isn't an O.J. Simpson situation where the jury was just going to find not guilty regardless of the facts. Why do you think they would then? That's it. that's that's exactly the thought I was having with the O.J. trial. So jurors do some very strange things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very difficult to, to to try to figure out why the jury did what they did because uh, you know it's like that that say you know when you start thinking about things and thinking about them rationally and you think well surely everyone thinks the way I do. <laughs> no, you're wrong. No, there's people that just, it can be crystal clear, and they just have no clues, so. That, that could I, be it. T- I appreciate the call, Todd, at 844 Okay, here is the deal. There really is a thing called uh, parasomnia, and there really is a form of parasomnia that involves having sex in your sleep, and there really is a form, a rare form of parasomnia that involves acts of violence in your sleep. It's a real thing. Now, just because it exists in the world doesn't mean that it happened in this case. And that's where, you know, the jury's involved and the fact that the guy was under financial strain and had been, um, uh, had lost a house, uh, you know, to foreclosure. The prosecutor says this is why he committed the crime because he wanted the insurance money. The defense says this is why he committed the crime. He was so upset and so overwrought. Then he was at sleep. It caused this extreme behavior the jury's left to say beyond a reasonable doubt we know what happened which takes us back to justin ross harris there really is a thing and you don't i don't i don't like the phrase forgotten child syndrome because it implies that there's some kind of mental syndrome no there's just people forget their kids people forget stuff in cars it's happens to real people happens all the time it's even happened to me fortunately after 30 minutes or so i realized holy crap my kids in the car but it really happens. There really are cases, and I've interviewed some of the people involved in them, parents who realized in horror hours after they'd left their kid in the car that the kid was there. And they some of these cases went to juries. The jury found them not guilty. Other cases, the police didn't even bring the uh, charge because it was so obvious that this was a horrific tragedy, not a crime. So... What's going to happen when Justin Ross Harris's lawyer stands up in front of the jury and says, here are the experts. This really happens. And this is what Justin Ross Harris said happened to him. He forgot his son. What's going to happen? Is the jury going to say, well, we just don't I don't believe in it. I bet that most of these jurors, when they sat down for this uh, murder case in North Carolina last week, said killed someone in your sleep. It's a pile of crap. But then you get some people like our caller to testify and with doctors. Here's what I did in my sleep. I drove. Here's what I did in my sleep. I had sex. Here's what I, did. I just. Uh, 
It's going out for this way. I'll be watching this case with great, continue to watch the case of Justin Ross Harris and the hot car baby death with great interest. And obviously uh, look forward to hearing from you. You can email me, michael at michaelgram.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. I am M. Graham. And if uh, you want to see how your fellow listeners responded to this story, check it out my Facebook page. The Facebook blew up this weekend when I posted this story. We got so much more to talk about, including what we now know about Hillary Clinton and her emails and a fascinating fact from Congressman Trey Gowdy that had been hinted at last week. We now have the natural truth. Also, how does this sound to you? A kid goes off to an expensive college, runs up $120,000 in student loan debt, comes back with his degree in erotic Egyptian literature, can't get a job, eventually works as a you know busboy at a restaurant. After years of working in jobs he could have had without uh, ever going to college in the first place, he still owes $115,000 and wants to walk on the rest, wants you and I as taxpayers to eat the rest. He says, I'm so poor. You know, what am I supposed to do? I've got to start my life. I have this horrible debt. These taxpayers say, hey, wait a minute. We paid for all that. You can't just walk on it. Well, President Obama has an idea. You're going to hear about that coming up next. I am Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 10.05 on News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, and star of the show. It's called a courtesy flush, people. It's called the courtesy flush, and those of you who are such self-absorbed, narcissistic jerks that you don't do it, <clears throat> soccer boy, <clears throat> you are the problem. How big a problem? So, a bunch of people get on a plane in London to fly to Dubai, which is not a short flight, and it's British Airways, which is a not a cheap, you know, it's not like you're flying, you know, air whatever, you know, rednecks, not like Southwest Air or whatever, it's not Frontier. And they're in the air for about 30 minutes into this seven-hour flight when suddenly people on the plane start complaining. Oh, my God. Can you smell? Oh, that's... Oh, I think I'm going to... Oh, that is awful. Oh. The sky waitresses come out. They... Oh, oh, Lord. Oh, their eyes start watering, and eventually a pilot comes back and s- checks things. Oh, my good. The stench from the bathroom is so awful that the pilot declares it a safety hazard. About 10 minutes later, he said, you may have noticed there's a quite pungent smell coming from one of the toilets. Uh, It is not a technical fault with the plane. There's nothing wrong. It's simply what this guy did in the bathroom. And so due to the stench 
they turned the plane around, landed the plane, and it was already a seven-hour flight. They had to wait another 15 hours for the next flight to then get on. I, I, what are you What are you people thinking? In all seriousness, look, I'm a guy. I'm a guy who loves a good plate of ribs and a good side of cowboy beans. I'm a guy who's been known to load up on the nachos and the pintos. I'm a guy who loves greens, collard greens, mustard greens, turnip greens. I, so I'm a guy who knows, you know, wh- how bad it can be. But that's why I have become an adherent to that most basic human uh, shout out to your fellow human beings, the courtesy flush. And there's something wrong with you people, and you know who I'm talking about, who don't do it. Why do you, who is this jerk? Who are you? Now, look, I know, I know there are guys out there who are total freakazoids, but I know I, um, I, it, it is absolutely true that there are male human beings I know who have actually called out from the bathroom, hey, come look at this. I'm not going to come look at it under any circumstances. I'm not going to come look at it. Make it go away. You should have made it go away before you got up. And I hate to say it, but here at Cumulus Radio in Atlanta, I have coworkers who do not practice the courtesy flush. And there have been some mornings, Brandon, my executive producer, where if we had been in the air, I would have turned us around and landed the building, too. The flight of manhood is built on resiliency mm-hmm. and being able to fight through some things. Just fight through the smell. No. It is your Hold job your as a human being to show some courtesy to other people. And so now these people got stuck at the airport thanks to Mr. Poop for Brains who wouldn't hit the button while he's flying. Just hit the button. That's all you got to do. Again, they may all made the choice that they want to go back. No. The pilot made the choice for them to go back. Because the pilot said that the pungent odor was a risk, a safety risk, which I can't even imagine. One of the things that makes me nervous about this is the guy who who turned the plane around was apparently from a Middle Eastern culture, and they eat some weird stuff. Okay, he says it smells bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. This this isn't bad by uh, Peachtree City standards, where we all know in Peachtree City, you always keep the potpourri around, even when you're shooting your own wife in the middle of the night. So this isn't peaky, ex- pinky extended bucket, Buckhead or Brookhaven. This is people who regularly live in a community, the Middle East, where pooping out of doors and wiping with your hand is practiced, and even they couldn't bear it. Breathe through your mouth. Couldn't you deploy the oxygen thing? So here's, so here's my question, 844-404-1067. Is have you ever been trapped in a horror like this where somebody in the house, the plane, your office, whatever, has just totally wrecked? The place, pure anal wreckage, and you are stuck suffering with it. My uh, daughter, I'm, I, thank God she can't listen to this. My oldest daughter, we when she was a little baby, we went to uh, some historic, oh, well, FDR's house up in, not the one here in Georgia, but the one in upstate New York. Like, And so, you know, it's a park. And my, it's my, my I'm there, uh, you know, obviously the kid, my wife, uh, my parents, and my grandparents are all there. And my daughter, I don't know what she had eaten. What she was only she was like like I said she was an infant. I mean, so it the bottle was it pretty much. Somehow into that formula, some low level uh, uh, yellow cake uranium or something had gotten in. She had been exposed like Spider Man to the bite of a poisonous stink bite. I don't know. What, 
We're sitting in the car driving, in fact, a minivan, driving along, and all of a sudden, like, universally, every adult is like, oh, my God! And, you know, just what I love about this, the first people, first everyone looks at is me. I love that. Why is everyone looking at me? I'm driving the car. I, we all, the windows go down. Oh, my God. We pull over. Water is pouring. My poor grandmother, my grandmother never complains about anything. My grandmother actually grew up in a an empty railroad car in Tulsa, Oklahoma during the Depression. I mean, she suffered through every indignity. She was going, oh, these guys, what are they going to do? So then we get out of the car, we throw the doors open, and it's time to actually go in and tail this. Who does everyone look at? Me again. I mean, what, how, is, how is this on me? I'm not the regular diaper. I mean, I've changed many diapers, but I'm not the regular diaper change. We got grandma and great grandma there. Don't grandmas love to change diapers? I was the one who had to go in, tie a bandana around my eyes, put on you know, gloves and hold my breath and fight my way through this. Oh, it was so bad when we left it in the tr- you know, like side of the road trash can thing. We like felt like I tried to put the lid on extra tight just to try to spare anybody because you could see cars behind us swerving when they went by. It was that horrific. And you, we were trapped until we could find a place to stop. We were trapped in the microwave do, uh, poop of doom. It was terrifying. Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. So, couple things. Number one, do you agree with me? The courtesy flush is absolutely mandatory, or do you agree with my total loser producers who think that it's a point of male pride Man up. to stink out the joint and make you suffer through it? Yes, there as we pays. What do you want me to do about it? Just poop. Second question: If you've ever been trapped in the poop of doom scenario whether it's on a plane like this case they've turned a seven-hour flight around that's how bad it was a flight to the middle east 844-404-1067 i want to hear from you we've got a lot more coming up as well including uh sticking you with uh college debt from uh stoner losers and uh did hillary clinton break the law michael graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 1017. Uh, yeah, Michael Graham, one half hour from now, a former Department of Justice attorney is going to explain why it is almost certain that Hillary Clinton broke the law despite. The many, many people in the media who wish she hadn't. It's one thing for a politician to be stupid, which Hillary Clinton is not. It's quite another for a politician to believe that we're stupid. Uh, then again, we're the ones who elect them, so maybe that's why they think what they do. 844-404-1067. Uh, we're talking about, among other things, the uh, 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 British Airways airplane that was forced to turn around half an hour into a seven-hour flight to the Middle East because someone... In, use the restroom in such a way that was so horrifically god-awful, smellingly disgusting that the pilot determined the plane could not continue on its flight. The pilot reiterated, no malfunction, no technical problem. This is all what came out of a guy's derriere. Uh, I shared my story of being trapped with a, in my case, a diaper of doom. Uh, Mike, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Go right ahead, sir. Hi, Mr. Graham. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for the call. Yeah, no, I did a 10-hour bus ride on a Greyhound. Mm-hmm. Somebody dropped a bomb, uh-huh. and it, it, they, it was so bad, everybody started moving forward in the bus, <laughs> empty seats, to get away from it, and somebody lit a match, 
the bus driver didn't catch the smell. He heard the smell the match, so he pulled the bus over to call oh. the police. And when he did, the smell hit him. Oh. <laughs> and we, we ended up sitting outside for 20 <laughs> minutes waiting for this smell. <laughs> the police officers actually came, and when he went towards the door of the bus, right. he turned around and was like, no criminal activity here, oh. I'm gone. <laughs> But you have a great show, and Dude, thank you very much for giving you. me an opportunity I tell you, to share this story. I've, I've, I've done a couple of Greyhound trips when I was a kid. I used to have to take the Greyhound when I cropped tobacco, and you know they'd send my parents would send me off on my way. And I remember how bad those buses smelled. If it smelled so bad that you could notice it, it had to be awful, man. Absolutely awful. Thanks for the call, 844-404-1067. You know what else stinks? I've warned you about this for weeks now. The uh, uh, Republicans here in Georgia, are so desperate to get another billion dollars a year out of your pockets that they are shaking you down with this new gas tax hike. And that's what it is. And you can, no matter whose numbers you believe, it's either going to be half a billion or a billion or somewhere in between and new money out of our pockets. So that's, you know, that's not negotiable. Everyone knows that that's true. What, but what disturbs me most isn't just the billion-dollar tax hike It's that they have passed a tax hike that every year automatically raises itself. The House already voted on it, which means that if the Senate passes it here in Georgia, the House members will never have to vote again, and yet they'll be able to collect higher gas taxes from you year after year after year. It will automatically go up based on what happens to the average miles per gallon driven by cars, and that's going up every year. In fact, it's mandated to double by 2025. So that's going to double the tax right there if nothing else happens. And then inflation in the road construction sector. So if asphalt costs more, concrete costs more, well, you know it's going to cost more. It's all going to cost more every year. And so you're going to see this 30 cents a gallon ballpark figure gas tax go up to a dollar or more per gallon. And your politicians have created them a loophole for themselves. They never have to vote again. It's up to the state Senate to stop it and to kill it. But as of right now, that's the bill that they've got in front of them. And something else, according to the reports over the weekend, they're also even on top of this or as some part as part of possibly some deal to get that billion dollars. They're talking about raising taxes on smokers. One proposal uh, is to raise taxes a buck a pack. Other proposals are to raise taxes to a buck a pack from 37 cents right now and all and the money would supposedly be targeted for the roads so are you ready to see smokers taxed to pay for roads i get why my gas is taxed to pay for roads i think that's completely reasonable the more you drive the more road you use the more damage you do you i of all the taxes that are out there, and I obviously hate any and all taxes because I hate paying money, the best one is the gas tax because it's a direct connection. You drive, you use the gas, you pay the tax, the bill road gets paid, boom, that's what we want. Why the heck are Georgia lawmakers, Georgia politicians, targeting cigarette smokers to pay for the roads? That stinks even more than the cigarettes do. Because there is no connection at all between I smoked a cigarette and I used a bridge or a tunnel or a road. There's only one reason why the politicians in Georgia are seriously considering a uh, cigarette tax. And that is because everybody hates smokers.
This is a tax on the unpopular. This is who's the loser kid in class? Well, good. We'll stick him. We'll make him pay for lunch. This has nothing to do with making any sense. It's not a smart way to solve the problem of money for roads, but it is on the short list. And so, 844-404-1067, do you uh, support the automatic self-rising gas tax, or do you agree with me that it stinks to high heaven? And do you support taxing smokers because, well, smokers suck? And if you're going to tax them for the roads, why don't you tax them for the schools and the... Everything, anything else, you know, uh, uh, foster care, uh, the Department of Tourism. Why don't you take a look? If we're if, if we're going to just tax people because we don't like them, as opposed to taxing them for some fiscally economic economically sound reason, then why not make smokers pay for everything? Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven is the number. Speaking of stuff that stinks, Jimmy, you are on the air with Michael Graham. Great show, guys. Great show. So some 20 years ago, this this girl that I thought was going to be my future wife, uh-huh. we went out on a romantic dinner and everything, and she got to the house and got to the bedroom, and she said, I need to freshen up. So not a problem, you know. So she goes in there, and she comes out looking all nice and everything, mm-hmm. jumps in the bed, and we get lip-locked, and my eyes are closed. And next thing you know, my eyes are open like silver dollars because <laughs> the aroma had just hit me, and it wasn't happening. And I'm like, Oh, my goodness. And she's like, what's wrong? <laughs> like, what's wrong? <laughs> yep. Oh, the stink was so bad that oh. you kicked her out of your bed? It didn't happen. It's like, oh, wow. I'm not feeling too well right now. It's like, seriously, you can go in there and come out and expect this to oh. happen? Oh. Dude, okay, okay. Uh, try to be objective on a looks meter. Where, yes. would, where would you oh. put this young lady? Eight and a half. Dude, you can't eight and a half. I I, I would go through you know uh, the gas chamber for eight and a half. Are you kidding me? You must be spoiled, man. You must have chicks you can afford to turn down because I got an eight and a half coming in. I'll put on the gas mask and dive in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I've been didn't been your loss, but uh, or your gain. But it, I, no, 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 didn't happen. Did you ever but find? Great... Did, did you ever find a young lady that you could in fact marry? Uh, did you ever? Well. The, the code was there was no restrooms prior to that. That's the thing <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, I don't want to name any names, but this uh, young lady that I know that I'm currently married to, and I want to say any names. She had a guy show up for a date, and on the first date, like the first thing he does when he gets to her apartment is goes into the restroom, and she said it wasn't the smell; it was the sound effects. It sounded like he was like wrestling a diesel engine into a wood chipper it was just horrifying sounds just coming and she's just like oh oh my god oh and so she's just like i don't know and she said he was a nice looking guy and he seemed like a nice guy but she just couldn't pass he just couldn't get past it. there was not a date number two this woman that i don't want to tell you her name but i'm married to her right now Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. stuff that stinks whether it's in a bathroom or whether it's in the legislature and why are we sticking smokers with the costs of roads here in Georgia? You tell me coming up. I am Michael Graham. It's 1034. I am 
Michael Graham, good morning, Atlanta. An airline, a air flight out of London to the Middle East had to be turned around after a half an hour to a seven-hour flight. Why? Because somebody went in the restroom and did not courtesy flush, and the result was so horrifically awful that the people trapped in the plane felt they could not survive. <laughs> the pilot turned the plane around and wait for 15 hours. If you've ever been trapped in a similar situation, 844-404-1067. And I'm the guy who will go around the office. I've done this in the past and put up notes on the men's room stalls that say courtesy flush and give the definition of a courtesy Because it's scary to know. There are people who don't even know what a courtesy flush is. They're guys, of course, but they're guys. who. Oh. So I don't understand that. And speaking of things that stink, we're talking about the House uh, uh, gas tax bill that is now before the Senate that passed the House with an automatic self-rising tax hike in it. And if that's not bad enough, the state Senate is considering adding or modifying the bill so that it also includes an increase in Georgia's cigarette tax, which is 37 cents per pack right now. There are proposals to make it a dollar thirty-seven a pack right now. Other people saying we'll just make it a dollar, even whatever. Uh, I think punishing cigarette smokers to pay for our roads just stinks. I see no connection between the two whatsoever. Then again, I think it stinks that we're going to let our politicians automatically raise taxes without ever having to vote. Guys, you have one job. You have one job, and it's to vote. You want to vote to raise my my gas, gas taxes next year? Then vote to raise them next year. You want to vote? You want them to go up the year after that? Then vote to raise them the year after that. You can vote all the time, but uh, sticking it to smokers and sticking us with a permanent gas tax. I mean, like I said when I first told you about the story a couple weeks ago, and notice nobody else has talked about it except for News Radio one hundred six seven. This is such a wildly crazy pro tax idea. Even Massachusetts voted down. The automatic self-rising gas tax. Josh is on News Radio 1067. Josh, is it time for smokers to pay for our pavement? Oh no! For one, Michael, I want to tell you, you're one of the only people out there that I actually agree with about 90 percent of everything you say. Okay. As far as most people don't even get the taxation or the representation. So no, no, that's the why we left England to begin with. The whole founding of this country was based on that premises. And as far that's as smokers right. go, it's an addiction. I'm, I've, I've been fighting for six months trying to quit smoking, been trying to quit for two years. Everybody, most, the majority of smokers want to quit. So how could anybody think it's okay to attack somebody's addiction to help them do something? It's like a crack dealer up in the place just because you're hooked. <laughs> now, look, Steve, would you agree with me that if it was something to do, uh, excuse me, Steve, Josh, if it was something to do with smoking, it had to do with whatever, like medical bills, whatever, yeah, that would make sense. Anything, yes. But just yes, raising taxes on smokers to pay for roads is yeah, totally... We have somebody addicted to something, so let's exploit that addiction and use that to pay for something else. And not only that, Josh, but it's people who are unpopular. Only about one in five adults smoke. So the other four in five can you know, team up on him and make him pay the bill. We're also talking, like I said, about horrifying experiences you've had with uh, non-courtesy flushers. Dennis, you're on the air. Thanks for the call. Good morning, Michael. I was uh, house hunting with a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. These just weren't, you know, cheap houses. They were million-dollar houses. Okay. And, of course, there's always a restroom right off of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Well, we had gone out, and we each had a bison burger that weighed about a pound <laughs> with blue cheese dressing and the works on these burgers. Okay. 
So we're in this house with the real estate lady, and we're talking in the kitchen. And you can hear my stomach start going, rumbling and rumbling. So I'm like, ma'am, can can I use the restroom? She says, sure, no problem whatsoever. I go in the restroom, and I know this is going to be a it's going to be a tough one. So I turn the faucet on in the bathroom. And it's one of those ultra quiet faucets you can hear the darn thing. <laughs> so I sit on the toilet and I flush it, and as I'm flushing it, it's just. Uh, and I know they can hear this out, out in the kitchen. And right. I'm like, oh, so embarrassed. I had three courtesy flushes. <laughs> I come out of the bathroom. And I'm looking in actually all the cabinets in the bathroom for some Lysol or some exactly. anything. Yes, anything. Uh, there is nothing in there. <laughs> so I come out and immediately shut the door behind me. But, man, too I late. that it, it, it was just too late. Too and she late. Said, she looks up and. I'm just kind of horrified look right. on my face. She's like, you, you guys mind if we go talk out in the garage? <laughs> <laughs> that is terrifying. And I do. I hate that bathroom right off the kitchen. It's such an embarrassing. If you're a guy and you need to urinate and you're and there's like a group of like women right there and you're like right there and you know they can hear everything that's going on. I used to be really embarrassed by it, but then I figured out a trick. Instead of being embarrassed, I try to impress them. Before I go, I get really, really low. So it doesn't sound like it has very far to travel. Like it's really close to the water. So if I can get the end into the water, blah, 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 make that say, oh my God, you come out. They're like, oh. So that's, that's the best I can do is make it in a marketing opportunity. Uh, uh, 51%, baby. 51%. That's all I need to be in the 51st percentile. Gary is on News Radio 1067. Hey, man. I don't know if it could get any worse than this. The old Fayette County Jail, mm-hmm. about two thirds of the structure is actually physically underground. Okay. The the entire sewer system uh, of five pods, five jail cells backed up for days. Suffered permanent brain damage, man, I'm pretty sure. Uh, <sighs> wow. I just don't see how I a could get bunch, any worse than that, brother. A bunch of guys in jail. About 150. Yeah, about 150. The sewer yeah, there's no work. place to go, man, you know. Oh, that's... I, I, I just hope you had all your shots. That's all I can say, because that's a terrifying concept right on its face. You can email me your horrifying stories, Michael at MichaelGraham.com, or follow me on Twitter, I am M. Graham. Uh, one of my listeners says, I don't have a problem with raising cigarettes to pay for roads, but are we creating more incentive for criminals to steal them? Right now, New York City, it's $10 a pack. People drive to states like Georgia, buy low, and resale in New York City. Well, I mean, you're right about that, but that doesn't change how much it stinks to uh, stick cigarette smokers with the cost of our roads they're not doing anything to the roads this is pure opportunism this is pure political bullying if we need more money for roads and that's a legitimate debate then just raise the gas tax and we'll pay the money for the roads and the roads will improve theoretically and if they don't you vote people out blah blah, blah. you go that whole conversation but to have this smokers stick stick it, so I mean, Susan, why don't you tax soda drinkers? You know, hey, you drink, I, uh, people shouldn't drink so much Coca-Cola. It's bad for them. It's got sugar, blah, blah, blah. So we're going to put a dollar a liter sugar tax on. Okay, fine. But what's that got to do with roads? And so I, I think it's terrible. And this is a moment for you to watch. Your state senators uh, are going to have to decide if they're going to take this automatic gas tax hike or not. It's completely up to them. 
They can kill it or they can pass it. But once it gets through them, it is on Governor Deal's desk. And Republicans, Democrats, doesn't matter. Politicians love the idea that more and more money is just going to pour in automatically. And so we just got to hope we're, we're trying to um, reach uh, Senator Williams. He's the uh, chairman of the committee that's going to be overseeing this bill in the Senate and see whether or not he's going to let this go forward. But for a red state like Georgia, I thought we were small government. I thought we were small taxes. This is this is as big government. This is Georgia, Chusets. It's as big government as it gets. 844-404-1067. Do you want to know definitively whether or not Mrs. Bill Clinton broke the law with this email scam or if it's just as uh, 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 the James Carville says, it's just a bunch of people flapping their jaws. Stay tuned. You're going to get the definitive answer from former district of, uh, excuse me, the former Department of Justice attorney, Christian Adams. Michael Graham now in the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. So as I've been promising you, we're going to get to the root of the issue. Did Hillary Clinton, as she's known in the show, Mrs. Bill Clinton, break the law? Or is this just as James Carville says, a bunch of people flapping their jaws about nothing? When it comes to jaw flapping, I always turn to Jay Christian Adam, former attorney in the Department of Justice. He's also uh, written about this for PJMedia.com. Christian, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Michael. So is this just jaw flapping? Is this just the 1990s redux? Actually, this is a lot simpler than what the definition of is is. Uh, I mean, look, it's really simple. Hillary Clinton, when she left the State Department, had to sign a separation form. It's a form that says she doesn't have anything at home. She's turned over all the documents. She's not in possession of anything she came into. She doesn't have anything of a sensitive nature. And if she signed that document, she committed a felony. Case closed. It's over with. Game over. It's 18 U.S.C. 1001. A lot of your listeners might be a little surprised and perhaps afraid to learn. Here's your law lesson of the day. If you tell a federal government official something that is not true, you have committed a crime. That is why you have a Fifth Amendment right. So if a federal government official, wherever they work, comes to you and asks you questions and you don't want to talk, shut your mouth, but don't lie. And if Clinton told something uh, that wasn't true on this form, she committed a felony. Now, you worked in the Department of Justice. You are in the job of prosecuting this stuff. But has anyone ever used this 1001 form you're talking about to actually put a real live person in jail? Is this one of those kind of bogus, theoretically it's illegal, but no one ever gets prosecuted for it? Have you ever heard of Martha Stewart? I have heard of Martha Stewart. Yes, I have some of her towels. Have you ever heard of Scooter Libby? Scooter Libby, yes. He used to work for George uh, W. Bush. He was falsely accused of uh, smearing a CIA agent. Turned out it was a uh, liberal inside the uh, State Department. Here's the truth. The Justice Department almost always prosecutes people on this. It's an add-on offense. It's like, would you like fries with that? (laughs) If they're charging somebody with anything, Mm -hmm. they almost always add a 1001 offense because everybody always lies to the federal agents. And so 1001 is not only common, it's almost... It's almost automatic. So I want to be clear here. Martha Stewart went to jail for what it is that Hillary Clinton is uh, potentially accused of doing. 
Martha Stewart went to jail for what Hillary Clinton is accused of doing, and so have literally thousands of other people in federal prisons right now are in jail for violating this law. Now, Christian Adams, when you were a Department of Justice attorney, if you had found out that the federal agency that's supposed to have this 1001 form has declined to show it to anybody, what would your first thought be? A, that that was never signed, or B, that it was signed and showing it is prima facie evidence of a felony? Yeah, A, it, 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 it tells me, or I'm sorry, B, it tells me there's a better chance that the form is signed and they're sitting on top of nuclear explosion politically. What happens if she doesn't sign them? I mean, are you allowed to be Secretary of State? I mean, I, I, I'll be honest here, nothing personal against you, uh, Christian, but, you know, you worked as one of the attorneys in the Civil Rights Department. You were like, you know, one of the bureaucrats in the great machine. But I would absolutely, if you didn't sign it, you know, does anyone really care? But your boss, the Attorney General or the Secretary of State or the Secretary of Defense, I'm thinking it's pretty important if they promise I'm not taking any documents with me you've got everything i've got and the reason is of course because they have some of the most sensitive documents you know the most important decisions uh, involving national security foreign policy the power of the united states the safety of our troops are being made by the people uh in that position and if she's husbanding and well that might be a bad word (laughs) if she's storing uh, all of these documents on some Best Buy server uh, up in Chappaqua, New York. I guarantee you the Soviet, the Russians have this. The Chinese have the documents. Uh, they're not as stupid as the American media is at getting at the bottom of things. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying that the uh, uh, MacBook Air that she's got plugged into her uh, Comcast cable isn't as secure as the Secretary of State's office? Yeah. Is that what you're suggesting, Christian yeah, I'm Adams? I'm suggesting that if she went and had some flunky uh, build a homemade server, uh, <laughs> yes. In fact, the Chinese intelligence services probably have every last piece of email. What I love about emailing Hillary is when you get to hear that dial tone as it, you know, the phone. <laughs> Hey, I got one last question for you. Is there anybody that you know in the uh, Department of Justice and in the law enforcement community who knows anything about this kind of stuff, who doesn't know right up front, obviously she broke the law? Because it seems to me, just a common sense guy, and and you could argue if it was important that she broke the law, was it the equivalent of a speeding ticket? That's That's a legitimate conversation for another time. But do you know anyone who doubts? Of course she broke the law. She signed the stupid thing because she had to, and then she didn't do what she was required to do. Well, of course, you need evidence that she signed it, and maybe she sent Sandy uh, Sandy Berger into the State <laughs> Department. It's tucked you in know. his pants right now? Yeah, it's in his pants. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's getting rid of the form. Yeah, if she signed the form, she broke the law. Game over. It's a, it's a great test on what is America in 2015. Are people truly above the law, or is everybody accountable for their actions? Christian Adams, you can read his stuff at pjmedia.com, former Department of Justice attorney. Thanks so much for joining us on The Michael Graham Show. All right, Michael. And I just posted uh, Christian's uh, article. It, it was on Facebook earlier, but I just retweeted it out so you can read it for yourself and for your friends who are like, oh, this is no big deal. Uh, yeah. And the deal is getting bigger. Here's Congressman Trey Gowdy. He's leading the in- inquiry into Benghazi. Well, there are huge gaps. If you think back to that iconic photograph of her on the C-17 with her BlackBerry in her hand, she's on her way to Libya. And there are no emails for weeks and weeks on either side of that trip, including the trip itself. Now, it may be that there's a plausible explanation for that, but we're going to have to ask her before we will know that. So you've, he's talking about that photo you've seen around her in the sunglasses with the uh, BlackBerry. 
So wait, you're going to Libya, and by sheer coincidence, all the emails you sent the week before you go to Libya, while you're at Libya, and the week after Libya are all personal. All of them. Not a single government-related, business-related, job-related email in the whole batch. Now, don't you're saying, oh, come on, Michael, right-wingers attacking Hillary, it's all on you. This is left-wing New Yorker magazine editor David Remick. I wish this were more convincing. You wouldn't think that's by the press conference either. Not at all. I thought that performance was... Look, it's one thing for a politician to be stupid, which Hillary Clinton is not. It's quite another for a politician to believe that we're stupid. And that is deflating. That is deflating. Now, something to keep in mind, I love this, that stunt coming you just heard is from a, quote, news magazine editor. He's supposed to be somebody that you trust to tell you what stories are important, what facts in the stories are important. And you hear him saying straight up, I wish she had done better. I wish she had done a better job. It's so deflating. So, so much for your journalistic integrity. That's why it's so important that you and I get together and talk. Because you know I'm going to give you the natural truth. I may be totally wrong. But I'm going to tell you what I honestly, honestly think. All you're getting is from is spin. Seriously, how is David Remick, this magazine editor, significantly different from what we heard from James Carville? It was something that she did. It was legal. I suspect she didn't want Louis Gohmert rifling through her emails, which seems to me to be a kind of reasonable position for someone to take. So it amounts to, just like everything else before it, it amounts to nothing but a bunch of people flapping their jaws about nothing. Please, Democrats, please nominate Hillary. I love walking down memory lane. We get to do Monica Gate all over again and File Gate all over again and Travel Gate all over again and Gate Gate all over again. And now this, and we'll get to see old Snake Eyes, James Carville himself again. This really is Back to the Future. I'm Here's what I think when Hillary gets the nomination, she should actually pull up in a DeLorean. I think she should. She just, the door should open up. And Professor Brown should be there waiting in the trench coat. You know, what was his name? Christopher Lloyd waiting there. I think that would be absolutely perfect. Back to the future. 844-404-1067. I am Michael Graham. Yeah, if she signed the form, she broke the law. Game over. Two years of higher education should be as free and universal as high school is today. It's one thing for a politician to be stupid. It's quite another for a politician to believe that we're stupid. He actually went behind the counter, choked the cashier, and punched him once with a closed fist. It amounts to nothing but a bunch of people flapping their jaws about nothing. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Very difficult. The question killed them all. Of course. Morning, it's 1106 at News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, and star of the show. It has been a wild weekend or last few days for law enforcement. You just heard right there a TV show helped catch what appears to be a millionaire killer. Years, police investigated Robert Durst and the murder of his longtime friend. But now in the HBO documentary about him, The Jinx, Durst may have jinxed himself with what appears to be a confession. Overnight, a dramatic moment captured when Robert Durst, long suspected in three murders, 
apparently thought the cameras weren't rolling. The shocking finale of HBO's documentary series, The Jinx, airing in the midst of a bombshell off-camera too. The eccentric New York real estate heir arrested for the 2000 shooting death of his friend, Susan Berman. I much expected this was coming. ABC News learning that the 71-year-old was apprehended on Saturday. The FBI thinks he may have been trying to flee to Cuba. This morning, the LAPD, which issued the warrant, is crediting additional evidence that has come to light in the past year. And no doubt, the jinx provided some of those incriminating clues. Durst sat down for hours of interviews for the documentary, adamantly denying he killed anyone. It was two years after the taping that the director realized Durst had made the off-camera comments, killed them all. And here is that uh, specific audio bite that the police were handed by a TV show. What did I do? I killed them all, of course. If you've been following the show, The Jinx, which I've not seen, my question at 844-404-1067 is whether or not my lovely bride and I should jump in and start watching it now, now that it's concluded with an arrest. Or have we already missed the exciting part and it's a done deal? My lovely bride, Buttercup, loves crime shows, killer shows. She watches the ID channel all the time. It's ID channel, Lifetime channel, all these Stories, fact and fiction of spouses, boyfriend, girlfriends, all killing each other. So I'm assuming she's going to be all about this. I also, my takeaway, I haven't seen the show. That's why I'm curious to hear from you at 844-404-1067. What jumps out when you see this guy's history of chopping someone up to pieces and throwing them in Galveston Bay and getting away with it is this is what happens when you have money. That That's just... As much as it may drive you crazy, everyone in America is not treated equally. If you got money, the only color that matters is green. So that's what I see here. And I'd be curious to know if you see the same thing. 844-404-1067. We've also been talking about another criminal story. This one out of North Carolina that echoes the hot car baby case. Dad kills his four-year-old with his bare hands, tries to kill the four-year-old's two older brothers, is found not guilty by a jury. Why? Because they say he was asleep when he did it. The defense argued that he suffered from uh, a sleeping disorder. I want to find the exact phrase for it. And because of this sleeping disorder, he didn't know what he was doing. And the jury found him not guilty. Are you surprised by that story? Speaking of other law enforcement, uh, former district attorney, excuse me, Department of Justice attorney, Christian Adams, says when it comes to Hillary and the law, is his case open and closed? Form, she broke the law, game over. Can we that one more time? Yeah, if she signed the form, she broke the law, game over. And so that could be the case for her. And then there's this fascinating story out of Americas, Georgia. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Americas, Georgia. A guy who went to a fast food at McDonald's and they didn't give him the right change. How you can be shocked by this, I have absolutely no idea. But uh, this guy was so upset. Well, here, I'll let uh, the local police major, Herman Lamar, tell you what happened. He actually went behind the counter, choked the cashier, and punched him once with a closed fist. It's rather unusual to have a customer become so irate that they attack a cashier. Particularly at a fast food joint. Because 
I'm always getting screwed up change or screwed up food orders as fast food places. Aren't you? And I don't know how they screw them up because they've got a computer that does all the work. They have dumbed down my food at fast food places so much that people don't even have to push the num like the you know, the cost the the, the 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 numbers of them or like dollar fifty seven whatever. The machines have pictures. There's a picture of like two buns with a cow in between, and there's a picture of two buns with a fish in between, and a picture of two buns with a chicken. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And then they have the sodas, and then they'll have to punch in large. There's a picture of a big soda, a medium soda, Cinder- Goldilocks soda that says just right. So how are you screwing this up anyway? And yet they still screw it up. So I have a rule that I live by. I don't go behind the counter and beat anybody up. Couple rules. Number one, when I order from a fast food place, never walk away from the counter or drive away from the window till you've looked at your food. Because it could be anything in there. It could be the guy's lunch from home. It could be a pair of socks. It could be, you don't know, it could be a roll of toilet paper. So you got to look. And number two, uh, well, let me, let me do this one backwards. If I were, if I were at, uh, well, uh, Tin Lizzie's is sponsoring our lunch line today. If I were at Tin Lizzie's, and I bought, paid for my food, and they gave me the wrong change, and they gave me an extra $5. So in other words, it was $5 to my advantage. I would go, oh, well, here's you, you made a mistake. Here's your money back. Because I know it was a mistake. Made in good faith. Happy to do it. But when I go to fast food places, they have intentionally in, uh, made the decision. They have overtly made the decision to hire people who cannot make change. They cannot count pennies. So... Years ago, I, cha- I I have a rule. If I'm at a fast food place and you give me the wrong change to my benefit, I take it and I leave. This is part of the built-in business model. When you hire people who literally, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. You you order something, your total will be like six dollars and uh, you know uh, fifty-two cents, and you give them a twenty and two pennies. Or if you want to really throw them off, give them twenty-one. And two pennies, and then the—I uh, mean, you get the blood just spurts out of their ears. Oh my God! Trigonometry. What will I do? When you hire people that stupid on purpose, it's not my. I refuse to let you make me do their job for a two-dollar burger. I'm not going to make their change for them. I, this is actually true story. I'm at a uh, 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 ice cream place, like a Baskin Robbins kind of place, and it's a Saturday, and the place is packed, and there's this dopey high school girl behind the counter. And she has no idea. I, I do. The, I do the. Here's a twenty and a quarter, and she goes, and so she hands me the wrong change. Like it's just, it's not even close. Like the right change is like twelve dollars. She hands me like thirty seven dollars. I mean, just like this is my. So I no, no, that's not right. So she tries again, and she gives me like two dollars. I mean, no, that's not right. So finally, no joke. She turns the cash drawer around to me and says, "Can you help?" And so I say, "Here's the pennies, and here's the nin." The manager comes running over and says, hey, what are you doing? He's yelling at me. Like, dude, I'm doing her job for her because she's too stupid to make change. And I think she's going to get upset. She turns around and looks at the manager and says, I told you I can't make change. I'm just here to scoop ice cream. So that's my deal. So I have never physically assaulted anybody. But if you've had a similar encounter as the one in America's Georgia, I'd love to hear from you. 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. 
actually went behind the counter, choked the cashier, and punched him once with a closed fist. It's rather unusual to have a customer become so irate that they attack a cashier. And what good does it do to attack them? They're not going to suddenly get smarter. They're going to knock math into their heads. So if you've ever had an encounter with someone in the food service, customer service industry who literally could not make change, if you've ever been tempted to do what this man did down in America's Georgia and climb over the counter, 844-404-1067. I'd love to hear from you. I am Michael Graham. We've been talking about law enforcement over the weekend. Obviously, the police had to be called in this case, and the guy is facing assault charges. Some other things that happened this weekend, an amazing ceremony uh, in, for the Fulton County detective who was killed by a lunatic with a rifle who was just shooting up a neighborhood. The detective showed up before he could even find out what was going on, basically. He was hit by a bullet and killed, reminding us that we ask police officers to run towards guns, not run away from them. And it was it was it was a tremendously powerful ceremony. Uh, and the image of thousands of people, particularly thousands of law enforcement uniforms, was great. And that the, I think that's wonderful that that happened this weekend. There was something else that happened this weekend that was wonderful. Protests in DeKalb County against the police on behalf of an American veteran who served his country in Afghanistan and was killed by an incompetent police officer. It was so great to see citizens out saying, yes, we are going to remember this veteran. And we're not just going to let his death go unnoticed because the person who happened to kill him happened to work for the government. I think it's great that both those events happened this weekend. This weekend, the police found the nitwit in Ferguson who shot two cops. The nitwit says he wasn't shooting at the cops. He was shooting at other people as though that's an excuse. Uh, But I'm glad that they caught him. And here in Atlanta, there was an officer appreciation day uh, led by community members in Atlanta down at Paul L. Dunbar Elementary School yesterday. And I think it's terrific that people were there to say, thank you, police. We know that the vast majority of you do a good job. We know that you protect our community. We know, in this case, uh, uh, led by black uh, leaders, that black Americans are more likely to uh, benefit from police protection. And so the crowds gathered to say thank you. And I think that all of those events this weekend are great. Citizens standing up when uh, police kill an unarmed naked veteran and citizens standing up to honor a police officer who gave his life in doing his duty. There's no reason why you can't do both. Uh, one more thing though about the, the nitwit out in Ferguson. My uh, uh, Twitter timeline this week was full of people saying, see, Michael, this proves they're all a bunch of killers. Well, I don't know who you mean by they and killers but you remember when the tea party i I was fortunate enough to be part of helping launch the tea party and was at one of the first tea party events and wrote the first book actually about the tea party movement and one of the things that people in the tea party struggle with is that you'd have a rally with a thousand people and one nitwit would show up on the edge of the crowd wearing blackface or waving a horrifically racist sign and the media would rush to that guy and they would show his idiotic send him back to Kenya sign. And the uh, and that was that was the Tea Party movement. And there are people to this day who still ignore everything the Tea Party movement has said and all they're fighting on behalf of individual responsibility. And they don't care. Racist, racist, racist. Well, why? 
Well, there was a guy at a rally with a sign. Well, you know what? There was. You're absolutely right. There was a guy at a rally with a sign. He was one guy, and he was a nitwit idiot, and everyone ignored him because he was a nitwit idiot. And so for those of you who are active in politics from the right, you know what it's like to have one, you know, birth certificate obsessed bonehead in your group used against you to smear everything. And you're going, look, I agree with you. That guy is an idiot. That guy, I don't want that guy. But my arguments about Obamacare, they're still legitimate. You're just using that one guy to smear my argument. So then I open my time on this weekend and there's some idiot after the rally in Ferguson who shoots two cops. He's a known gangbanger thug and he's there. Who knows why he's there? He's there to collect money or is there to pro- i don't know why but the point is he's one idiot and what is my timeline full of tea party is going see they're all a bunch of cop killing thugs so you're going to smear all the legitimate complaints from all the people you saw the report from the department of justice these people totally shaken down turned into basically atms for city government city government bragging about how money they'd shake how much money they shake these people down for one guy shows up and and that's good enough for you you're going to smear them all? And once again, your word, them all. There's never been a movement that didn't have some people in it of disrepute because if you have a big movement, you're going to draw lots of people and some of those people are going to be sketchy. The question is, are the complaints legitimate? That's the real question. And whether it's here in DeKalb County with an American Air Force veteran or whether it's Ferguson and the thing with Michael Brown, and once again, there are two, a lot of different ways to look at that. That's the heart of this. It's just very depressing. Uh, what was the word uh, Remick used deflating about Hillary's? It's very deflating to see the same people who've suffered from these kinds of smears so many times because you're conservative, because you're Republican, and some nitwit David Duke type says something stupid and everyone runs up to you and says, hey, isn't that you? No, it's not me. Now turning around going, look, there was a guy way back in the crowd with a gun who fired a gun. That proves... The cops are always right, and all these protesters have nothing to protest and smear them all. I'm never going to be that guy. 844-404-1067. So much talk, so little time. Your experiences with uh, cashiers and cash registers, your thoughts on what we've seen in Ferguson and the they're all uh, wrong. I'd love to get your welcome to talk about that. And more on the Hillary email fiasco. It's all happening next on The Michael Graham Show. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.